Happy Friday, theater lovers. Welcome to Sarnia Famous. I'm your host, Dallas. Exciting news. We received our first five-star review on iTunes. So to the lovely listener that took the time to submit that review, it means the world to me. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) My guest today is Ryan Metzler. We talk about it all, abundant chest hair, getting nearly naked on stage, as well as mental health and the masks we all wear in different settings. Also, we discuss a new logo for the show, a puffy, furry pastry man. You'll have to stay tuned to the very end of the episode for that story. I hope you have as much fun listening to the episode as I had making it. On with the show. Welcome, Ryan Metzler to Sarnia Famous. We're very happy to have you here. Sarnia Famous. I like the name. Thank you for having me. I know you from Wizard of Oz. I recall the opening scene. Was it the very opening scene? And standing, or maybe it was just my first scene, so that's all I really remember as being the opening scene. (laughs) But uh, Henry Gale, is that you skulking by the barn? Yeah, that's... That was my famous line. That's what everybody knows me for in that show. Yes, yes. So um, I remember being terrified and looking over at you and you had this like vest on and -hmm. a very serious look on your face. And you would look me dead in the eyes and then pop your belly out of the vest. And I had to not laugh my ass off. That was good times. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I'm guilty for that every once in a while. I like to try to make people break. Uh, which is very entertaining to do, but frowned upon by a lot of people, especially during a show run. So more more entertaining for yourself than... than Yeah, and like it's the the practical joke side of it, because I don't, even when you do serious shows, like I I like to keep things generally liked and have fun with what I do. So having those little things, and I mean, I I don't think he ever did crack, which is impressive because most people would, but that's watching... uh, like SNL and stuff like that growing up, that's the kind of things that I would look for is what would make people crack. Like Jimmy Fallon's terrible for it. His giggles, yeah. Oh, yeah. But just to see what would make people break because then you know they're into it, like it's authentic, and that's mm. just fun for me. Yeah, I think I was too terrified to, to break. I'm always, like, just so terrified to go out on stage. But I, I can't remember if I told you this story or not, but the first time I saw you on stage as someone in the audience, my mother-in-law was visiting town. She's a very posh well put together lady and at the time I didn't really know her very well and yeah. Exit Laughing was playing and we didn't actually oh, look into what the show was about and <laughs> <laughs> there's that that scene of you you know the yeah. one and uh-huh. we did not know that there was going to be any kind of nudity and I was sitting next to her and I could not I could not look over at her for the rest of the show because I was like oh my god like what <laughs> must she think of <laughs> what did of I bring us? her to yes <laughs> So, like, I know you get, like, fan letters and stuff, and if my mother-in-law is one of those letters, please just don't tell me. I actually, oddly enough, I'm looking at it right now, so pardon me. A letter the, from the, my mother-in-law? No, no, not your mother-in-law. Oh, okay. Pardon this, this is the my basement wall, which is all the shows that I've been part of. Oh, cool. All the things that I've been in, and it's weird that you say that, because Exit Laughing was my first show that I did. I mean, I did A Christmas Story, but I was just kind of a walk-on in the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Exit Laughing was the first, like, show show, and I received this card for the show from hand colored uh, mandala on the front no i don't think it's hand done oh okay i mean somebody definitely hand did it but then they put it on a generic card but like a very large lovely well-written letter to me just kind of talking about how good i was in the show and okay uh, she actually 
said the show was uh, dull before I got on stage, and then I got on stage and brought it to life, which made me kind of laugh. But I actually, I went and visited that woman. Oh, did you? A, yeah, I got a picture with her. She was from uh, Twin Lakes on Michigan, right across from Alexander McKenzie School. Okay, I'll just jump in here real quick. Uh, Ryan is showing us his wall of plays. Uh, it's actually in show order. So Okay, so Christmas for people story. listening at home, I am looking at a bright it's... white wall with <laughs> an assortment of are those are those glamour shots of you oh so that is the show poster right for christmas, christmas story. story that is my first ever headshot and then i did exit laughing next and that is a shot from me in oh, the... the show promo as a cop uh that's the write-up about me from it that is the postcard that we gave out from it that's the award that i won the, at the owning gala. owning the role award congratulations yeah, I, it's my first time on stage and i took all my clothes off yeah, um, yeah that, that do it <laughs> uh my second headshot is here. It looks similar, maybe a little more beard, yeah, maybe a so far off first, look. The first one the first is more of a GQ type thing. And we move to the police officer one here. Yeah. We can't really see a lot. It's kind of the stripogram type. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we add more far away look, still GQ in, but with a, a yeah. beard. And then the most recent headshot I have of me is this one. Okay. Oh, we've got a lot more hair, a lot more a lot beard. More hair. A lot more beard. Oh, it, it's yeah. kind of got like a, a dude vibe. Yeah. Postcard from the producers, which I helped run set pieces with. Uh, and I did Exit Laughing uh, and left the producers. Almost Maine, which I did at Theater 42, which was a fantastic mm. show and cast. And I loved that show. My swan song, Evil Dead. Is that um, the saw? Yeah. I have wow. the saw. The, uh, everything from it. Uh, an act, <laughs> the cup holder, the sleeve from Coffee Culture is here, the pin, all the stuff that has my face all over it that I thought was super cool. And then there's an axe that has a sticker that has my face on it. Nice. With the show. I do currently. Uh, I'm curious who's going to listen to this and how much I'm going to get yelled at. But <laughs> yeah, I do have the actual saw. This Emily Johnson actually made this for me out of Aww. one of my shirts. I think everyone in the cast got one of those little guys made and she made them out of the extra shirts because we bought a lot of them because I had blood all over them all oh, the time. Yeah. And that's actually my Deadite mask. Oh. So did you like go to the theater in the middle of the night and steal those items? Is that why we're concerned about getting into no, trouble? No, uh, I didn't steal them. The saw came. We tried to, when the pandemic hit last year, they were doing a bunch of those videos. We'd have somebody come on camera and then they'd throw something off camera and then a different person would catch it and keep kind of going. So we wanted to do something that with Evil Dead. So I had the saw and then like I go and chase something and go to stab and then they'd have other actors from the show trying to dodge like the deadites coming for them and then i talked to trevor and i just kept it here for safekeeping in case for, for you know safekeeping. here's where though well this is the youth group show that i that was my first year with them and that was a lot of fun to do and is that then, another glamour shot there it the looks top, like yeah, a, it looks like you went to jail and that so was your the show was called law and order fairy tale unit so the ah. pictures that we took of all the kids were mug shots right and then we had far far away pd so yeah that is my gruff mug it's, shot it's mostly mostly hair a little bit of beard <laughs> still got a dude vibe for sure oh and then that's where we met this was all of the Heather stuff, which is the last show we got to do. So that's the show poster signed by everyone in the cast and crew. Oh. All of the cards that came from that. And then the original poster for the inaugural Anthony's Hope yeah. that I put together that has been a success huge. both years now, yeah, which has success. been amazing. Yeah. 
and I have, oh, I talked with some people and I got to keep the original. Oh my God. Hat. Is that the hat? Okay. Yeah, this it, is the green hat for the, is that the guard? What was that? Oz. That terrible voice that you did. Do, do a little bit of the voice for us. Who rang that bell? <laughs> that was the voice. Terrible. Terrible in a good way. Yeah, that's the original hat. And actually, Carissa Teske's mother. Um, oh, God, I know that name, too. Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue, and it's not coming out. But she did a lot of the work on costumes with Carissa. So where that was going to have to stay because it was going to be used in a youth show, I got to keep that one, and she made a second one out of leftover material for their show. And that one, I think, is still at the theater. So they think that they have it. Sneaky. It's very, very sneaky. But most of the... other than the shirts that we bought for Evil Dead uh, that we had a bulk of. I think every other costume that I've worn in all of the shows have been my own clothes okay. or things that I buy separately. So I own all of my costumes. As for the, the things that you're keeping for safekeeping, I, I accept bribes if ever you need me to keep quiet about that or, you know, deny that I ever heard it or remove it from said podcast. I'm okay with all of it. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure I got to put it up there. I'm going to make one more note because I just saw it. One thing that I don't have is from Telesketch, which is my first year running the junior youth group. I challenged all of them to write an original show, which we did, and it was very successful. They all had a really good time doing it, but one of the most entertaining sketches we did was called Barb Russ, which was a Bob Ross oh. kind of knock where we had one of the young ladies paint and talk about like the happy trees and all of the things. And then basically all of those things that she would paint came to life. So we had a little girl hold a sheet and she was the canvas and then like the trees would come to life, but they were all miserable. They all hated it. So while she was talking about everything being happy and like so fun and everyone loved each other, they were all complaining the whole time because they didn't want to be all those things. But the young lady that was painting actually painted the canvas and then she wrote it to me from her. So that is my little keepsake from that to Ryan from McKenna. Yep. Is that the name? And there's the trees, there's the water, the cloud. There's fish. A bush I see some fish the there, I think. Yep. So everything that I came to see. life in the picture, she actually painted over the course of two nights, and then I got to keep the canvas. So that's something that kind of sits right near the window. So when I walk in here, I get to be like, we did the thing. Do you look like you're running out of wall there? Are you going to build an extension to the house or start moving uh, to another part of the house? Or I mean, right now, that's all the shows that I've been in. And well, but I'm assuming it. you're going to get into to more. Well, maybe? we'll see. I mean, it's a place that I, I'm happy to be and I get to, you know, you take on the persona of, of someone else and you get to become something for an audience of people. And it's something that I love to do. But whether or not it happens again, I mean, the theater just announced a short season, but I have to go back out of country for work mm -hmm. in October and we don't know when we're going to be back. So I don't know if I'm going to get an opportunity to do it now. But if the opportunity does come up in the future, I will absolutely take more wall space. I will I'll make a whole thing because that's my little keepsakes. A lot of people call it like a brag wall, but there's just little pieces of memory and little pieces of me in every one of those shows. So that's just how I remember it rather than putting it in a cupboard somewhere. I get it. I asked to keep my nose and my chin from Wizard of Oz, and I got some luck because they were going to throw yeah. it in the garbage because, you know, ew. But I, yeah. it was such an undertaking to have that on my face that I wanted yeah. to keep it, and uh, we have it up on our bedroom wall. I'm sure my husband's super pleased about That's that. That's hilarious. I hope that's on a picture of you, too, so it's just yeah. like a two-dimensional picture of you just stuck yeah. on there to make it a little bit 3D. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's really oh, romantic yeah. in the bedroom. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Uh -huh. 
It was quite the undertaking that you took to be in that. I mean, that show also pushed people to do all kinds of things. The makeup that had to go on and how quickly it needed to come off at the end, the costume changes. I still remember how quickly Devin had to run off stage, put on tap shoes and get back on stage. It was wild, man. Yeah, I think I actually had it pretty lucky comparative to what the other folks had to go through. I Like, I had a whole little team and everything. Yeah. That's exciting, though. When you're under the gun like that. Yeah. I don't think I've had any quick changes. I've just had a lot of slow unchanges and they've mostly been on stage so right yeah. <laughs> that t- i was like what do you mean like it took me a good couple seconds wow x laughing was the first which honestly was quite the experience because there are a lot of people that i've run into that have been like i think i've seen you in a show and i was like oh which one like was it almost main was it evil dead because a lot of people know from that and they're like yeah. no no i thought exit laughing with my grandma and i'm like <laughs> i am so sorry that's me <laughs> like when i went to, to school i went to i started at lambton in uh, 2018 and one of the girls in my program was like huh you look familiar i was like oh how? like what do you mean she's like were you in a show called exit laughing i was like this is I think I've the weird way to yeah. meet a person or yeah i've yeah. <laughs> seen you undress i was like yeah. well this is my name nice to meet you for yeah <laughs> Whoops. It's one of the beauties of theater. So what was it like to have a chainsaw as a hand in Evil Dead? It wasn't bad, actually. Oh, really? It was, no, it was pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the worst part is that it was my dominant hand and trying to do things with my left hand for the rest of that show was hard. But I was lucky enough that we blocked it in such a way that most of it didn't require a lot of things to happen with my left hand. Like, even throwing punches and stuff with my left hand just felt awkward with my body. But it was fun. I mean, that show is going to have a place in my life forever because of the experience. I mean, getting covered in blood, I got to the whole scene where I fight my live hand when it comes to life. That was, uh, there were some notes put into it, but that was a lot of, like, me just trying to come up with stuff. And Trevor and Ian, like, encouraging, okay, like, try to be a little bigger here, pull that back a little bit, let's make this happen, and, like, smashing the plate over my head and it was the most physical comedy that I've ever been able to do on a stage and it was an absolute riot. It was so much fun. So oh. to, to cut that off and then to get a chainsaw was pretty entertaining. I remember the video from the first Friday. Mm-hmm. You had joined the Zumba group at the end of the video and we're like doing the Zumba dance with your, the your thriller. chainsaw head. Was that what Luckily, it was? Yeah, they played Thriller like when we all walked out there. They put Thriller on and then they had us dance with them and they made me go up. That was hilarious. It was a lot of fun and that cast was a riot. And that was actually some new bodies on stage, which was really cool, too. Like a uh, first-time actor type thing? Yeah. Jeff Mantha, who is in Fox on the Fairway. That'll be the second show that he does. So Evil Dead was his first, and he did phenomenal. And his comedy chops are very good. And he has a very strangely large vocabulary of old movies and references and quotes and stuff. So it's never boring to talk to him. And Lee, I think that was Lee's first musical, anyway, that I know of. There's He's probably done a lot more. But that was our first interaction. And it was a passion project for Julie and Trevor so it's just a lot of fun to be part of that experience it was a hoot, a hoot. Uh, it was a hoot. when I t- when I talked to Emily about and she was costuming director or lead yeah she was costume lead yeah she yeah. had all kinds of stories how, how about yourself what are some of the juicy backstage stories the juicy backstage from Evil Dead specifically or, any, or for... anything anything you want to share I don't know it's I honestly would love to sit and listen to some of the costume designers and makeup artists and stuff talk just through their process and their experiences 
because as the performers on stage you're pretty one-dimensional with like you have your costume you go out you say your lines you do your thing and you come off and but there are evil dead with it being a small cast and like i was on stage for a large portion of that show so i didn't have a lot of offstage time to really do anything or interact with people a lot of what happened to me happened on the stage in front of the audience but i think heather's probably had some of the more memorable because before every show brent wilkinson and steve smith and i were all up on the scaffolding because we come up through the the top doors there for the opening number but we had like this ritual because steve was reading a book so he'd open it every day and read a different chapter or like a different passage of the book every day and that's how we started every show and it was funny because it was not a safer work book bordering like a harlequin type novel like it was very explicit oh it was very funny and said some pretty obscene things but we would read it and uh we would kind of come together and that would start our show like before every show we did the same thing which was very entertaining and devin uh had his book that he was reading in the first scene where brent and i fight him so during the rehearsals he would always open it somehow to the same kind of chapter because some of the pages were glued together and there was like the same story that he would read and then when he went to turn the page they were all stuck together so we never knew what would happen so that became like a running joke with that and then brent and i went out and got kimonos because we were in our underwear for the entire second act so we went and got silk kimonos so we spent Liv had hers because of her flashbacks and stuff so heather chandler's and hers and that's very the aesthetic of that so we got them because we thought it would be funny so we are backstage the whole time in silk and in our tidy whitey probably better with a kimono and tidy whiteys than just chilling in your tidy whiteys the whole time yeah yeah and it gets pretty cold back there so it was yeah. it was much i did learn through trial and error which was mostly just error that when you wear tidy whiteys on stage you're supposed to get a size or two larger than what you actually wear I, I didn't know that so i got my size so i mean we were double layered but it was just it was a lot so like was a, a lot. like a wardrobe malfunction you're alluding to here or the wardrobe in general was the malfunction just because <laughs> usually when you see someone in tidy whiteys on stage you'd have them like be a little big so they were baggy and like that's kind of the funny joke whereas mine were like tight and white <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was an experience. And then just everybody through the room was like, you know, uh, you're supposed to actually, th- those should be a little bigger. I was like, yeah, no, thanks. Nah, thank, well, thank you. Thank you. I already own them. So they're <laughs> going on stage and everybody's getting to see it. Can't just take that look away. But one thing that was funny is, so I shaved my chest, the, the, the body hair that I have, because it is abundant. Oh, oh um, okay. Thank you for sharing. You... That's not even like a pull down. That's just my neck. Okay. That, that, yep. Well, I shaved all of it off because I had to play a teenager, except for like a like a landing large yeah like a landing strip all the way down starting mid chest all the way down and there were people in the audience that saw it so when we went out and talked to people after the show there was a group of three people that walked up and they talked about the show it was very good they really enjoyed it but they noticed that i had that landing strip and one of them had nicknamed it the obelisk and that was the first night and that stuck that's something that lasted in my head for a while so that is always going to be funny to me it doesn't have to be funny to anybody else i just thought it was very funny that they were like oh by the way we noticed your uh, landing strip and it went all the way up and it came to a peak and uh we, we called it the obelisk you just focused on my naked upper body the whole time i get it that's cool remember <laughs> <right>. that <laughs> At least that was distracting away from the, the tidy whiteies. Oh, the super tight and very white. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, if you ever have a show where you got to get down to that, just buy bigger. Just go bigger. Yeah. That's top on my <laughs> list. Tidy whiteies on the stage. Can't wait. Yeah. If uh, the board is trying to decide on the next shows, include something where I'm in tidy whiteies, obviously, yeah. if you want to sell hey, tickets. If you want to be, if you really want to be Sarnia famous, you get naked on that stage. 
everybody suddenly knows who you are. Okay. Not always for the best reasons, and it's not always a comfortable conversation that they have at dinner, but they will see you in public, and some of them will be like, ah, yeah, no, I know who you are. And you're like, ah, you've seen that show. Right. So I'd like to publicly announce that this is the end of my career in <laughs> theater Sarnia. Terribly sorry, everyone, but nudity ain't my jam. I think, I don't know if there's a lot of shows out there that have the, the nudity aspect. I think there's two to my knowledge, and I've been in them. So I think everyone else is safe. <laughs> okay. Phew. Okay. I'd like to publicly retract my earlier yeah, statement. You no, you, now you're golden. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. So um, I remember someone describing you as being deeply extroverted. Do you know who that was? I can't reveal my sources. What? No. Yeah. I think that rings no. true. It's accurate. There's kind of a, a story behind that that gets a little deeper into things, but yeah. That is kind of the the persona that I like to put out there, is okay. that I will talk to anyone and go into any situation with confidence. I mean, I'm not Barbara Walters, but if you wanted to share, this it's, is a uh, safe space. <laughs> that is one of the reasons that I think I like theater so much and enjoy acting is because that persona and personality is actually kind of an act. That is something uh, that I developed as kind of a, a shield or wall, if you will, or a mask, if you want to talk real theater. That is one of the masks that I wear to kind of keep people where I feel they're safe. So if people think that I'm extroverted and I will talk a lot, I'll be there and I'll just be like the loud guy at the party, that puts me into a box and I'm comfortable being in that box for the those people in my personal life and I I do have some introverted qualities I do like my alone time I do like peace that's one of the reasons that I got rid of Facebook and I do like solidarity because sometimes I I kind of burn myself out that's a big problem for me is burnout uh, because I feel like I constantly need to be on and constantly need to put that person out there for people to see so that nobody really focuses on what's going on with me and that's there's a lot of mental health and past trauma and stuff that got tied into all that so it's kind of a, a personality trait that I formed over a lot of rough years to kind of let people see a side of me that I wanted them to. It's me projecting who I think people would want to see. I'm starting to learn now that I'm a little bit older and I'd like to think a little bit wiser that that is not always the best way because as exhausting as it is for me, it can be exhausting for other people and it can be a little much, but I've also learned that you can't please everybody. There's there's a lot of a give and take in, in those things. So it's a slippery slope, but it kept me alive to this point and it's got me on stage and it's allowed me to do something find something really that i love uh that i never thought that i would get a chance to do so i'm just gonna keep acting and keep doing my thing i find all of what you just said extremely relatable and it makes me wonder if there are a lot of people in the theater that particularly actors that that could relate to that there i and honestly so one of the things to to turn things a little bit sideways uh (laughs) when i started school in 2018 i'm taking the child and youth care practitioner program which is overseen right now by richard teske who is a mentor of mine and just an overall good figure because we do have a lot of similar outlooks and views on things but we do have a lot of different ones so we have a lot of really good debates which I think is what makes a healthy friendship and relationship and mentorship because if everyone at the table agrees with you then you're never going to progress and grow but when I started that program and really fine-tuned what I wanted to do in my life the goal for me now and my kind of end game for what I want to do and accomplish is mental health addictions and family counseling focused on men that work in the trades and I've found that a lot of 
of those people are also in our community theater and probably community theaters around people that do theater because it's really an escape from your own life some people are extremely talented and do it because they have that talent and i'm not taking that away from anyone but i think a lot of people struggle with self-identification and anxiety and all kinds of things that they're maybe not comfortable talking about or they don't realize it and being on stage gives you that ability to kind of exhale and nobody is there looking at you everyone is looking at someone that you've created a character correct and it gives you a chance to become kind of somebody else and i've seen a lot of people that are very shy and introverted and don't like to talk a lot and have a lot of social anxieties go out and be the star of a show and pull in like just be a comedic force on stage and they get all these accolades and they have people all over them and for that second they can take it all in but then they have to go home and they have to like let it all go because it's not them right but it's incredible the power that the stage has and i think it's an extremely healthy and powerful coping mechanism to all of those mental health things which is one of the avenues that i was writing into the youth program with theater sarnia is addressing those types of things and helping identify those things in our youth because it is an incredible tool improvisation is an incredible tool for tackling a lot of mental health issues and it's such a large and vast conversation and there's so many different variations to everything that's out there but people get really nervous because does anyone know what i'm talking about is anyone going to be able to identify with what i'm going through am i going to look like a weirdo are people going to think i'm crazy i did air quotes there for people that are only listening to this but it's because there's such a stigma and complication around it i like having theater and improv and that youth group and doing like sketch comedy stuff like that as an outlet to really let my real self come to life because all of those things that i'm anxious about or the things that weigh me down into a depression or things that make me incredibly anxious or awkward or like i just want to hide in a hole i can put that into something and i can create something and that's very much the same thing with musicians people that are really good with instruments can put that i mean some of the greatest songs in the world were written from some of the darkest moments in somebody's life right so you're able to turn that into something that's magic and that's what i think theater is every show that i've been that's why they're all on the wall because i've been able to put a part of my life into every one of those and create what i feel is magic with an ensemble of people that are some maybe going through the same some have maybe already overcome it and it's just an incredible healing sensation for heathers and i'll call them out right now brent and i both kind of connected over a couple of things in that show and punch it in was like our little catchphrase right in that show so i actually had bracelets made for the two of us that say punch it in because that's whatever we were going through every time we would hit a rehearsal or if we were backstage and like we didn't know how the show was going or if we were excited like we were always able to come together and that was the thing that brought us together and that's what made us close because that show was very heavy Mm -hmm. for a lot of people it dealt with a lot of things there was a lot of i mean some people became really really good friends through that show because of what everybody was dealing with in their own life but a lot of people are really good at leaving that at the door that show didn't always let us leave it at the door it had to come out i know some of the girls danielle's character she played martha and like all the girls had to be mean to her and then i know there were some conversations at the end where they were like i'm so sorry for saying all those things because a lot of people go through I mean, there's trauma of the the people that maybe talk to you in your past like that. Or if you were that kid in elementary school or something, and you kind of see it from a different light because that show put a spotlight on all of those things in our society, which is what the character talks about is that society has all of these different kind of avenues people take and you have bullies and you have people that are victims of it. And to put a spotlight on that, you sit in the audience and you go, holy crap, like I, ooh, I should maybe rethink some of the things. So that punch it in moment for Brent 
and I was something that helped us kind of, for me anyway, uh, help kind of ground me and bring me into the moment that we were in. So that show did a lot of, I mean, I think it brought us all through a big wave. And I know that we had counselors on site for the actual show because we knew that there were triggers there. And those are the kinds of things that I like to do. That's, I think theater is good for that. Girls was an incredibly powerful show and put such a big open your eyes to the audience and made people go, holy Moses, like how can you, that can't be real. But the number of people that I saw like kind of sit there with their hands crossed and looking left to right like this this is me on stage i've been that person whoever it was i've been that person i've i've been down that road and it made a lot of people reflect on the things that they've been and that's another thing that's so beautiful about theater is it challenges you it pushes you and you you have to be uncomfortable i don't i'm not a huge advocate for just doing all the like feel good like lovey-dovey shows i like the the ones that make you uncomfortable and make you look in the mirror when you get home and go i should maybe change some of the things that i've been doing because this ain't looking so hot like if you get uncomfortable watching that show there's a reason you're getting uncomfortable yeah oh i i love it so much because I, if you sit there and tell somebody you're like hey man you should change this because you're kind of being a dill hole they're gonna be like ah. but if they see it they go "Ooh, i do that and i didn't like that character at all yeah. so whoops so it's funny it's fun. I love it. Love everything about it. Well, that was not, I wasn't expecting that as an answer. And I'm flattered that you opened up and told me. Oh, I'll tell anybody anything. <laughs> it, it, it definitely was relatable to me in a yeah. lot of ways. Earlier, you had said that you would like to sit down and listen to the side of costume designers and all of that. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited to tell you that you're in luck because there's a new podcast called Sarnia Famous. What? Yeah. Word on the street is the extremely gorgeous an erudite hostess. I think her name is Dallas or something exotic like that. She's going to interview oh. those kinds of people for the podcast. So there you know, go. you're in luck. I've done some traveling and I've never heard Dallas be explained as a tropical or exotic place. <laughs> I like where your head's at. No, that's that's good. I mean, there's probably nice trees there. And if the weather's hot, sure, exotic is what you go with. Sure. You know, Dallas, Texas, I've heard it I've heard it described as exotic for those yeah. who haven't traveled. <laughs> for, at the, all, for those who have never been. Have never left their house. That's uh oh, man. that's my legacy. No, um, this is actually exciting. The podcast idea, when it was first brought up, so I used to chair community engagement, and when this idea was brought to me, I was having a conversation with somebody else about this idea because I thought it would be perfect and to hear how excited that you got about it like it's like everything else it moves like molasses in January at first and it's slow rolling but the fact that it's happening now is very exciting because I think there are so many avenues to take and there are so many fascinating people in this community not even just the theater but in the community at large that have been part of different shows in whatever aspects set building or whatever but you get into the the history and their personal lives and I think this could be extremely eye-opening and successful for the theater Sarnia in general but the general community because there's uh, this exotic hostess you're talking about sounds like hopefully she's got like just a knack for conversation which is perfect because there's so many people that I've seen on stage or I've seen do costumes I've seen put sets together I've heard stories about things they've done in the past but I want to know where that all stems from I want to know what inspired people to do the things that they're doing now and about who they are off the stage because as close as we all get 
as I look at all these posters and think of all the memories, as close as you get to the people that you're on those stages with and you, you spend all those hours together, you become a little family. But when that show's done, you don't always have those connections. They don't always stay. And sometimes for some people, it's on to the next show and then you get a new family. For some people, you take some time off and you just go watch shows. But to get to know those people outside of who you are inside of those walls is... I think going to be remarkable because there's incredibly talented people in this city. For me, it's completely selfish. I, <laughs> I'm I doing am, it for you. it's only for me. I, uh, I just miss the theater and, you know, all this time with the pandemic, I kept thinking like, what could I do that, you know, reconnected yeah. me to people and being involved in the few shows in the small way that I have been, I felt like a bit of an outsider just because everybody mm-hmm. has all those little jokes and all the there's history. There's little and oh yeah yeah so I thought you know if I could ingratiate myself into some friendships with people by by yeah. harassing them about their personal lives and their theater experience <laughs> so that's the plan pure selfishness yeah. but, just gonna uh, harass people until they're my friend I yeah. think that's cool. I'm pretty sure <laughs> history tells me that that is the most effective way I know right <laughs> But, but I think uh, you'll be surprised. I mean, the, there are a lot of really great, nice people. And people do know who you are. Like, I've talked about this podcast already. When you asked me if I could do it, I got very excited. And I've talked to a few people about it. Because I think it's an incredible opportunity for you. Only you, specifically <laughs> only. Anyways. But I think it's a, an incredible way for people to just reconnect and get involved with kind of what's going on. Because not a lot of people know. And the most, I think I said it the other day, the story that we usually get is the history of the theater and who Brian is and I love the man and he's a great human being but this is an opportunity to go outside of Brian although I think you should interview Brian if you haven't already and tell him get his speech of like this is who I am I've been involved for this long I did my what did he do he worked there in high school and got like his community hours there and all that stuff make him not say any of that I want the dirt I want all the the stuff he doesn't talk about oh yeah I want to get all the down and dirty I I want to get his wife instead maybe that Ooh. would be her actually martina is also a fantastic one so she's that, a great lady there's two two more interviews that i have my list is go. growing it's very exciting thank you for spreading the word well, honestly once you start talking about shows with people they'll start to bring up memories like i've only got a short few i mean i my first time on stage other than are you from sarnia no is this, I'm, I'm from no? alberta welcome i think i knew that but i didn't i did some stuff in high school the my old high school did the skits review every year and that was just a variety show in the spring of every year and i did like little things here and there and then in my final year i did quite a few but that was my only real experience experience on stage 2017 in a Christmas story was my first time on stage in front of a large audience for like an actual show and then that wall has accumulated since then so like I'm still very fresh at all of this and I don't have a lot of stories and a lot of history but there's some people that have tons of experience under their belt and then they're going to start to list off people that they've done shows mm-hmm. with. And then you're going to write those names down. And you're going to oh, be like, you know it. hey, so hey. like you don't know me. But like, I'm pretty exotic. My <laughs> but I think this could be a great success. And I'm very excited to see where it goes. Thank and you. I will always come back for more because I will talk forever about anything you want to talk about. Excellent. So I will book you for another interview in a few months or so. You know, when the podcast um, is really taking off. Yeah, yeah. When I get back from Mexico, we can touch base again. Sounds good. Because that's actually where I'm going for work but oh, okay. it's not exciting mexico it's kind of drab and dreary and sad and hot it's just, i was working night shift and it was 36 degrees so so, so hot hot and gross very humid lots of mosquitoes like i 
And I swell up when I get mosquito bites. But like, I was just a puff. Looked like a terrible pastry. Just a... <laughs> Oh, awful. Just a, <laughs> sorry, I'm just thinking about the chest hair exposure from earlier and picturing like a like a puffy, furry, a puffy, hairy pastry man. Yeah. Okay, well, I can't think of a better way to end this <laughs> than puffy, hairy pastry the, man. The stay puffed guy from uh, Ghostbusters, but like with, with just fur. <laughs> chest hair. Well, I hope that at some point we get some fan art going or something for this podcast. Oh, and that is one of the first things. Well, if it I, catches on, there's plenty of great artists in this city. So I definitely need like an image for the show. And I feel like that would be um, ideal. Just <laughs> stay puff guy. <laughs> oh, starting you famous. Stay, Harry Stay Puff, the Marshmallow Man. Okay. Well, thank you, sir, for taking the time. I sincerely Always. appreciate it. Always. And I appreciate you reaching out and, and allowing me to to come and talk nonstop for several minutes. I'm um, honored. Absolutely honored. Okay, kids, that's it for this week. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next week.